Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but that's not what we're doing this time, so it's fine. Oh, we're not? No, this is a, in the cockpit. I thought we were trading lab rats. No. <laughs> God, no. Well, I wish you'd told me that before I watched Disney's Lab Rats. Sucks to be you. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't. I still also had to watch that. So we're in the cockpit again this week then? Yes, yes, we are. Oh, shit. Do you have any topics? I mean, I went to a concert, but you also went to that concert. I did. I did also go to that concert. First live music event in 32 months. Yeah, basically three years. Oh, pandemics, how they affect the world. Yeah. Good concert, though. Yeah, we saw Ice Nine Kills, Motionless in White, and Black Velvet Rise at the Trinity of Terror Tour. Yep. Now, I've realized that people don't know who those bands are. Some of you probably do. We like you more. Blackville Brides is a rock band? Yeah. Metalcore band also, technically. Okay, so they're all metalcore bands of some variety. Motionless and White and Ice Nine Kills tend towards what's called horrorcore. It's metalcore music, which is kind of just metal music, but with more of a horror-leaning themes the core in metal core comes from the evolution of punk and metal music into a singular genre but it comes from the evolution of punk to hardcore then hardcore and metal into a singular genre yes that that's the long and short of it because metal core is metal and hardcore fused together yeah it was a really good genre in like the early 2010s and 20 outs it's still pretty good there's less bands doing cool stuff in the genre now I think there's quite a few good bands doing quite a few good and cool things. Okay, well, this is a good point to start a conversation then. I think specifically Dance Gavin Dance and Electric Callboy are the only two bands really carrying the scene in a way that bands like Asking Alexandria, Icy Stars, Delaware's Prada were names in the early 2000s, well, in the 2000s and the early teens. Okay. So if there's a lot of bands out there doing this, who else is carrying the scene then? Because I only know Electric Hallboy and Dance Gavin Dance is like the two biggest names still doing Okay, I didn't say core. anything about carrying the scene because I don't pay attention enough to what is super popular, what tours are going on at the moment or whatnot. So I don't know which ones are pushing the scene forward at the moment. I just know there are good bands in that space that I enjoy. Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, new things. Other... See, there's Convey. I like Fire from the Gods. They're also in there. Fire from the Gods is okay. I enjoy them. VR Union, though, they're kind of a bit more rock, but they're technically following the metalcore subgenre there as well. There's quite a few, like, I've run through my Discover Weekly and stuff on music, and I keep up to date with yeah, metalcore no, music but that's like, going out. And then Ginger's heavier, but Ginger's fucking fantastic. I mean, you, you're making a fair, like, obviously there's a bunch of good bands still out there. Yeah. But like, like you said, VR Union's more rock, and, like, like, I was looking specifically for, like, bands that are releasing, actively releasing new metalcore music, like, helping to just move but, like, nothing against the bands that you listed. Some of them haven't had a new album in, like, four or five years. And, like, I get it. There was a pandemic. But there really hasn't been a wave of, like, metalcore like the late teens yeah, in almost a decade. Probably. But, like, I agree. But, I mean, also, like, metalcore was always very diverse. And then it hit a moment where they all tried to hit one point of singularity, probably, in, like, the 2015. Oh, you mean when Of Mice and Men and Asking Alexandria and We Came as Romans. Denied stars and all of them hit like the all exact... sounded the exact same yeah. for like a hot second and that's what everyone that i talk to for the most part when they think about metalcore that's what they try to categorize it all as and that was never really metalcore to me because it was just a brief instance where they all kind of lined up we're all homogenized yeah when like 
Chunk No Captain Chunk was famous because they sounded like a day to remember. Yes. But the thing is, though, like, because metalcore is metal and hardcore, it's there's so many different genres of metal music that can then just go into being metalcore. I mean, obviously, yeah. Like, that's part of what coming from alternative music scenes means. And for me, for my money, the height of, the, of metalcore was, like, right before the, like, alignment, the homogenization, like, 2011-ish. Okay. Like, that would be the height of metalcore for me personally. Yeah. I think that was, like, A Skylight Drives Identity on Fire and The Word of Lives Deceiver. Yeah. Yeah, Deceiver was pretty great. But, I mean... Prada should have been on Zombie, I think, 2011? Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, I think that was just a very, like, diverse moment in metalcore music with a lot of, like, different things going in different directions while also maintaining a solid sound and pushing forward as a scene. Yeah, my point is I don't think that it's the scene has stopped or even really slowed down all that much. I think it's the fact that the scene's not as popular as it was because it got very popular in the 2010s that's for a quite fair, a while. That's a fair point, yeah. So I would argue that the scene's just not as popular. It's died back out. So even though there might be just as many bands, yeah, there's none making waves like they were mm-hmm. because there's just not as much water to be pushed around. Yes, that's, that's my point, like. I don't understand the whole, like, the scene is dying thing. Like I never said it was dying. No, I don't think I, I it's know. dying. I, I was talking about in general. I wasn't talking okay. about you. What it feels like to me is, well, you started, not not you, but like, in general, you were listening to it when it was really popular, so it was easier to find things. Mm-hmm. And then when you weren't stumbling across things, even on the radio or satellite radio, you're like, oh, I guess it's just dead. No, it's just not as popular again, so you actually have to kind of look for it. Like, I... I haven't checked my YouTube music shit in a while. I basically just have a profile on YouTube to follow record labels. But, like, I do that, which is why I don't really... It's why I've never, like, fallen into that. Oh, it's signed off. I'm just like, oh, no, there's, like, all these new artists that are on this label that I haven't really listened to, but they're there. Or I have listened to them, like, they're good and they fit the style, or they fit the style and I just don't like them, but they're there still. Yeah, so I think my concern with with the metalcore scene is partially a concern with its health. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's dying, but I do think there's a concern to be had with its health. And it's not that there's not a lot of bands still making metalcore music, metal music, post-hardcore music, yeah. whatever whatever the subgenre you want to discuss is. I think the more worrying thing is there's there seems to be more bands who release one album, maybe an EP, and then just fade away forever. And I know that's mm. like I know it's again part of the re- part of the issue is like there's not enough fan base to support mm-hmm. all those. Yeah. But at the same time, it means like you don't have the type of discographies developing where you you can watch artists grow and like become better musicians nothing against bands out there that are one one albums and drops like i think it's also entirely possible though that you're just kind of in a hole where you're finding bands that just don't last long because we there are still bands that have multiple albums they've had multiple albums before they've gotten signed to like fearless or equal vision or samaria or hopeless and all this that are still out there and like they have a history and they might have been signed like a year ago and they'll have like five albums already it's just kind of what you're finding Mm, that's fair I think on a general scale, music has reached a point of diversity where if you like music, there's a good chance if you bump into somebody on the street and they like music, the two of you may have like no overlapping like knowledge in music whatsoever. Yeah, I completely like, agree with that. Except like what shows up on TV or something that you mm-hmm. might have just... And I, I, I think that's a cool thing because I mean, each individual person can customize the way they experience music, but it's also a little sad. Yeah. Like, shared experience is part of what makes music, movies, art in general. It's part of what... It, it's literally just part of a ballooning population inside that causes issues. It's a fair point. So... As your population says, balloons, every field becomes oversaturated, or in some cases, falsely desaturated, blah, 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 it happens. So yeah, we went to see Ice Night Heels, Emotionless and White, and Black Brides. 
It was a good concert. We went with our friend Hunter, who you will all know as a previous guest on the show. And, Multiple-time guest, yeah. And, and a host for yeah. one episode almost exactly a year ago. Yeah, crazy, right? Crazy. Uh, so we went with Hunter. Show was great. It was, a, it was a great show, actually, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It is weird, though, because like after three years of not going to like metal concerts, what do yeah. you call it, metal concerts, I don't know if metal concerts are my thing anymore. Yeah, you both are saying that. I'm just like, nah, man. I was still vibes all night long, just well, like always. I don't know. Like, I enjoyed it. The venue was way too loud. I no, the venue was not properly made for music. Like, you could there was nothing to break up sound besides just the construction of the building. Which I've been to one venue that has sound that bad. It was in, um in the past. Yeah, and that was literally a, a former aircraft hangar. Yeah, and honestly, the sound there was better because oh, at least the, it had the. Well, that's also, the sound there was better also because like they would open up the bay doors. Yes. So like you didn't have all the sound reverberating Off back. Off the giant on you. metal shutters. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this no, was this... just a, a cement and steel room mm-hmm. with your bracings and stuff up top, but nothing to break up the sound or absorb mm-hmm. any of the access. Literally, I just stood next to the um oh what's it called sound and lights. Yeah. Pit area. Um, I know the name. It's, I'm blanking out at the moment. I just stood next to there because more often than not, those guys are set up where the sound is generally the best. That way they can balance things correctly. So I, I just stood next to them. So I had a good sound balance. I spent most of the show trying to make my way towards the mosh pit, but it was very small. And sadly, I never managed to make it there. It was very small and very close to the front of the stage. Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. So when I say I, I don't know if metal concerts are my thing anymore, I think I'd still be down for like festivals, large shows. Yeah, with, I get like, you. A myriad of bands like a Warp Tour. Ke- Kevin Lyman, I know you're listening. No, he's not. He doesn't listen to anyone. Please bring back the tour. I know it's probably gonna be harder now with COVID, but like, yeah, conventions are happening again. Warp Tour could happen. It's a thing. <clears throat> like a Warp Tour or a two day festival or something like Louder Than Life, uh, Rock on the yeah. Range, something like that. Yeah, that would probably be more my alley. I just don't know if like singular style of music. For four hours is my thing. I can understand that completely. Especially when the merch lines were as long as they were. and Oh, I, I knew that would be. All the, the children. Yeah. I, I expected the children. I Ice Nine Kills was one of the last shows I went to before the pandemic. By clarification, by children, he doesn't mean like young teenagers. He's not that old. He means like less than 10. Yeah, like last time I saw Fall in Reverse, there was, there was a myriad of children there too. Like sub eight-year-old children yeah it's what happens when your fan base gets older has kids and then can't find anyone to babysit them but they still want to go to your show yeah no 100 percent um i think part of it for ice nine kills and even fall in reverse is that they kind of market themselves towards in general younger audience yeah i guess i don't know if they market themselves to an audience that young but no i would would say that like their their target demographics are like 13 to like 19 year olds the angsty time period but like that's gonna leak over a little bit just yeah, definitely leaks over a little bit. Five-year-old with angst. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I saw a baby, and he was dressed like Chucky. He had all the angst. I don't think that was him. That was probably his parents, who probably have too much angst to have a child that age. I don't know. His dad seemed well-adjusted, actually. Yeah, probably. Like, legitimately most horror fan, like, big horror movie or horror, just in general fans I know. Really well-adjusted people. <laughs> He just, he just spent the entire show walking around with his, like, two-year-old around his neck. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, my biggest problem was the amount of children there and the amount of children without any form of protective, like, ear. Oh, yeah, like, stuff. obviously a cab, but at one point there was a child, like, 
nearly in tears. He was like maybe yeah. four years old. And Kyle came up and was like, hey, these are my earbuds that like the force gave me for like working yeah. a concert. Take them. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be taking young children to a concert without ear protection. A hundred percent. Like. We're just being crotchety old men. We're <laughs> no, no. This has been a thought I've had since I first went to concerts at the age of like thirteen. It's just not a thing you should do. Like, cool. It's cool if you want to bring your kids to a concert. That's fun. Like, have a fun time. Vibe with your family. Enjoy it. But make sure you're not actively causing them harm because like, their ears are still super sensitive. I had a friend in like fifth grade, which means we'd been like eleven or twelve. Yeah, something like that. And his dad took him to see Iron Maiden. He didn't give a shit about Iron Maiden. He was a, he was like yeah. an eleven year old that played Yu Gi Oh. And, like, try to use Kamehameha waves because yeah, yeah. he was my friend. But, like, he didn't give a shit about Iron Maiden when he was 11. But by, like, the time he was 17, 18, he's like, dude, I can't believe I fucking got to see Iron Maiden. Like, yeah. And I think that's a cool thing to do. Like, I don't know if there's any Iron Maidens in Metalcore right now. Not really, no. Like, probably not. But, like, creating those type of memories for your kids is really cool. That said, I don't think the two-year-old dressed as Chucky was making any memories. Oh, God, no. Probably not. <laughs> No, Probably that's literally the instance of, fuck, we don't have a babysitter. <laughs> Dress him up like Chucky, no one will say anything. He's a prop now. Uh, I'm going to just continue being a crotchety old man for a minute. You know what else I hated about the concert? I mean, like, legitimately hated. Sure. Every single motherfucker who couldn't, like, enjoy the concert, except with a phone screen in front of their face. See, you call that crotchety. Again, this is a thing I've been preaching since I was, like, 13, and you know I have. Like, I think... Take, I've never been one for phones at concerts. Taking, it just annoys me. Taking a picture, sure. Again, I'm not a huge fan of that either. I can understand it, but not a huge fan. For me, for me, it's very much like going to a movie theater and having your phone out the entire fucking movie. Why? Why do it? It's so fucking dumb. Recording an entire song? That's really fucked, dude. What are you doing? FaceTiming your wife and child so oh, they yeah. can sing yeah, along? Yeah. There was a guy in front of me who, for the entirety of a band set and into the next band, was just FaceTiming his wife and or girlfriend and his children. Like, that... <sighs> I will say the man was definitely very drunk, <laughs> like quite drunk, but also, come on, man. Also, your poor data plan. <laughs> it was so hard to get data signal in that venue, too. So it had Wi-Fi, but my phone couldn't connect to it. Yeah. Oh. Maybe he got his phone to connect to Wi-Fi, I don't know. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, like, I think the main issue I have with phones is I'm short, and when people, <laughs> yeah, hold, when people hold phones above their heads... That's even more stage I can't see. Okay, there has been one concert where I had a phone out for like an entire band set. I had my glasses broken that night. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. By a really shitty smash dancer in the middle of a mosh pit. He broke my glasses and I couldn't see at all. So I wasn't even holding my phone up. I was holding my phone like right in front of my face because the camera clarity was better than my eye clarity. So I was just using my phone as effectively glasses so I could see. That yeah, I remember that show. That was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, for a moment, I thought I had glasses in my eyes, because one of my glasses lens shattered. I didn't, luckily, but it wasn't fun. I think the longest I've ever held my phone facing a stage was when I saw Coheed and Cambria live, and I recorded about 40 seconds of... Oh, I don't remember which song it is. Was it the guitar part for Keeping Secrets? No, it was... Sag. That's when you should have done it. It was, it was one of the singles from Vaxus. Oh, it was Unheavenly Creatures. It was like the first okay. 45 seconds to Unheavenly Creatures. Also reasonable, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, I only did that because I Snapchatted my friends and was like, guys, Kuwait and fucking Cambria. Like, 
Look at them. And you know what? It, everybody needs to see Coheed and Cambria live. I don't even care if you like Coheed and Cambria. They're fan-fucking-tastic. Go find one of their records, listen to it all the way through, and then go watch them live. Oh, I don't know. From earlier, like, if you're looking for new bands, like, that are still up and coming, like, Two Bloom is a good band, and they give me kind of Coheed vibes. I've never heard of Two Bloom. Yeah, they're newer. They're metalcore. Cool. They exist. Coheed and Cambria are so good live that when you finish listening to them live, their albums sound flat. Yeah, and their albums understand. aren't flat. Like they're dynamic and wonderfully soundscaped and perfect. Coheed might be his favorite band. Not my. Oh. I don't even know who my favorite band is. I know who my favorite musician is. Spose. Spose. Yeah. So we've been talking about music for a very long time. About twenty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you have to talk about? So when I was a child, my I... father took me into the city to, to see, see the a... marching band. He said, "Son, when you, you grow... grow up." No, no. When I was a child, I got like got into all the card games marvel recharge yu yu hakusho dark tournament uh that that game that i still don't know the name of i think it's called genio the more you know yeah um, dragon ball dragon ball Yu-Gi-Oh! obviously well, actually dragon ball z they didn't have dragon ball cards duel masters for a hot second yeah my point pokemon mm-hmm. my point being i played all the card games and eventually would migrate to magic the best chaotic. of the card games god i love chaotic <laughs> battle spirits digimon died that, that card game died yeah but it's back. There's a new version of it. It plays better. It plays smoother. It's a much better game all around. And I actually, I'm in love with it. The Digimon card game just looked at you, dead in your eyes, and said, It's fine if I die, because you were my friend. <laughs> That's a quote from the Digimon anime, from when Patamon is not dying, but reverting back to the yeah, pre-rookie. Kind of, it's weird. Just watch Digimon, watch Digimon Adventure Pre-baby. Try, just watch Digimon stuff. Digimon's good. Digimon's great. Yeah. Digimon's better than the Pokemon anime. Fight me. The original anime is kind of very stiff. Yeah, so fight me. It's better than Pokemon. But Digimon's great. And the new card game, also great. I, I can't really, it's not really new. It's like two years old now. The new version of the Digimon card game. Anyways, uh, competitive decks run like $100. Yeah, very, very cheap for competitive card games. To give you a flip side of that, competitive Magic the Gathering decks run like, for standard, for the equivalent format, between four and $700. Yep. And for Yu-Gi-Oh, I think it's like, Close to three to four hundred dollars. Yeah, and I think that's about where Pokemon competitive is sitting. But I don't know much about the Pokemon competitive card game scene. I know but, it exists. But Digimon's a hundred bucks for a competitive deck, and honestly, it's just a great game. I bought a booster box. I've bought just about every starter deck they've released so far. He has a problem. It's a good game. I don't have a problem. I don't. I don't have an addiction to opening booster packs, and Digimon booster packs aren't noticeably cheaper than Magic the Gathering booster packs. Look, kids, we've had a lot of fun here today, but trading card games can be problematic. Sometimes you really like the rush of opening a new pack, or maybe even a loot box on a video game. These are bad and habit-forming. Remember, not even once. Both are forms of gambling and should be restricted to all persons over the age of 18. But unfortunately, our government and many others don't view it that way. Yeah, exactly. That said, Magic the Gathering, such a great game. God, opening those Kamigawa sex boosters, that was a fun time. I will admit, I do like opening packs. I don't like paying for packs, but I'll open other people's. Yeah, so all I had was Digimon at a concert, but you went to the concert and you- I did. You played Digimon because- I have. So, I guess we went to a burger place before the concert. Great fucking burger place. It's called Kuma's. There's like four of them in Chicago. Something like that. But they're literally the best burgers 
I've ever had in my life. I think this is my third time eating at Kuma's. Third or fourth, yeah. So Kuma's is equivocally just a metal bar with fantastic burgers, all themed after metal bands, and it's amazing. The burger we had, I don't remember the name. The Lion's Daughter. They are a prog metal slash sludge metal band. The Lion's Daughter, yeah. They're pretty deep. Last time I ate there, I know I had a Mastodon, or maybe that was the time before last. Uh, last time you should have had a Mastodon because you had it when I had it, which was the last time I was there. Which Mastodon, just straight up yeah. a great band. And before and that, I think burger. I had the Slayer. Kumas, check them out. There's like four locations in Chicago and one location in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, it sounds right. So Cody Rhodes debuted in WWE. <laughs> I, 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 do you have more topics? Because if I, not- I did. I mean, I just started rewatching Heroes. I just bought Psychonauts 2. I've been playing more Okami. I have several things I could talk about. Oh. But go ahead. No, no, do, do your wrestling bit. I'll zone out for about five minutes. Oh, no, I was just going to the Co- Cody Rhodes well because Cody Rhodes is always news. No? Yeah. It's been the way since the beginning of the year. So not always, but for four months. But yeah, no. So I just started rewatching Heroes, which you've probably heard of at least. Fantastic show about people who have superpowers. I mean, it's got two fantastic seasons, an okay season, and literal garbage, but... Yeah, yeah. But I literally only started rewatching it because we watched... we we As we mentioned before, we watched The Rookie with Nathan Villian. Horrible cop porn, but a good show. Copaganda is copaganda, but I can't help it if it's good. Yeah, and Greg Grunberg, the guy who plays Matt in Heroes, was in it. And I was just like, man, I did enjoy Greg Grunberg as a cop, because he shows up as a cop in The Rookie, and then he was a cop in Heroes. And I was like, I kind of just want to watch that again. So I did. I haven't finished it. I've been rewatching it. But man, I forgot how much I actually really, really do enjoy the first season of Heroes. Even like the parts that are kind of cringy, it's still good. Yes, Heroes is just very good all around. I really enjoyed that show. Also, I've come to the conclusion that, and I think this is a fair conclusion, Copaganda is okay as long as when you're consuming Copaganda, like The Rookie, you understand that it's a fantasy world and that those cops are as real to us as dragons are. As in, the only thing that even closely resembles them are poisonous disgusting monsters that live on an island in africa but unfortunately also exist in america now accurate i thought so yeah propaganda is fine as long as you recognize that it's fantasy yeah and then other than that i literally just bought psychonauts 2 yesterday because it was on sale and i'm super stoked and i really can't wait to play it but part of me doesn't want to because i also want to play psychonauts the rhombus of terror first but that is a um vr only game vr exclusive game on steam but my god do i want to play it first I also just bought some new games. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, only one I remember the name of. Um, but yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition for the PC. Yeah. It wasn't that one like Tell of Table? Tell of, tell of Tables? Something like that. Table of Tells. I Table think. of Tells, yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool looking game that you showed me. I have no idea what it's about or how it plays. I mean, it seems very much to just be kind of a fantasy RPG almost because it's very much meant to emulate the idea of an adventuring party and like D&D and stuff. Look, I just know that aesthetically the game looks amazing. Oh, yeah. And if there's one thing I'm a sucker for in video games, it's good aesthetics. Oh, yeah. The aesthetic of the game is you sit around a table while someone narrates at you. And a picture pops up on the table, like it's been made with miniatures for tabletop role-playing game, but like really, really nice ones that ones put like years of effort into. And then as you move through the game, it scrolls across the tabletop and it just builds up on the other end of the table. Kind of reminds down. me conceptually of Voice of Cards. Yeah, kind of. Which is this great, great little game series by Square Enix. 
friendly neighborhood Square Enix. Your friendly neighborhood Square Enix. We've also made the terrifying, terrifying mistake of making a realistic looking Sora. And announcing Kingdom Hearts 4. <laughs> Some of my favorite should have been the tweets I've seen about how, about the realistic art Sora. And it's just like a picture of Sora. My favorite that I've seen is a, literally just a horribly photoshopped picture of that Sora in the middle of like Shibuya Crossing with a dog wearing a goofy outfit and a duck wearing a Donald outfit. And then just actual people in the background and be like, man, Kingdom Hearts 4 looks so great. So. Because it looked objectively kind of terrifying. It's just that perfect level of uncanny. Yeah, it hits Uncanny Valley so fucking hard, man. Like, almost as hard as Tim Burton tries to hit Uncanny Valley in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So I have a, I have the picture somewhere, but it's a, it's a screenshot I took from an interview with Nabora. <laughs> yeah. Where he's explaining that the first three quote-unquote three kingdom hearts games and all and all the spinoffs and part part games are just the prequel to a larger series Mm -hmm. the light seekers trilogy something like that that's what he called it and people thought i was crazy people legitimately Uh. thought i was insane when i was like yeah there's 100 percent more kingdom hearts after kingdom hearts 3 oh i knew there would be three had a bad ending well even before three had an ending like when it was finally got announced, i, I was, was like to. there should be more this isn't even like no the end. there was like even uh, if it wasn't originally just planned square next one is a lot of dad like it was too much of a there, cash cow there was so much talk around kingdom hearts 3 where people were like it's finally ending it's coming nope. to a conclusion and i was like motherfucker no have you seen this quote from nabora yeah i even told you like i was like i i definitely know it's not ending but i've played all the other ones literally i have played all of the other ones, including the shitty mobile game. I found a port. I played it. I don't know why I hate myself so much. I don't know either. That's a lot of self-hate that you that you just released there. It's almost as concerning as the time you tortured yourself by watching 12 seasons of Smallville. It's only 10. That's what I said. It's 10 seasons of Smallville. Yeah, it just feels like 12 seasons. Didn't read the comics. Those are season 11. <laughs> what? There's a season 11. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's one of those shows that they made a comic book run with to go after that. I think it's literally Smallville season 11, the comic book series or some shit like that. Like, yeah. Jesus Kind of like how Buffy the Vampire Slayer has a comic book series that picks up after the show ends. What, Buffy the Vampire Slayer also had a comic book series from like... Yeah, Smallville didn't have one while it was running, they I don't believe. Did have one before? I'm pretty sure Buffy started releasing comics while it was still running. I think Buffy had comics before the first episode of the show because it had comics from the movie. The yeah, movie that sounds was like garbage. A, that sounds like it could be right. But yeah, no, um Smallville season 11 should be a comic book series if I remember correctly. It's wild shit. Yeah. They tried so fucking hard in that show to like backdoor in shit for a Justice League TV show and they just never succeeded on that shit. I know they really like tried to get the Martian Manhunter thing and like and cement him. They tried to get Martian Manhunter kind of down. Very much tried with Aquaman. I know they did Flash as well. They did Flash, they did Aquaman, they did Cyborg, they did Martian Manhunter. They had JSA actually in the show, basically. They just never called it the JSA, but they had they legitimately had Hawkman. Hawkman died. They had uh, Stargirl. They had all kinds of shit. Dude, that show got wild. I don't remember Stargirl ever being in it. Yep. I don't remember half the characters. I didn't know Cyborg was in it. Like You saw the Cyborg episode before. My brain? He literally just wears a silver hoodie. Oh, Okay, I might remember. None, none of his um, robot parts are on the outside. I might remember this then. Yeah. That, that's from like early Smallville, yeah? Where, I want to say like season four or some shit. Where like they Maybe didn't have five. a budget. They just had people yeah. and outfits. Yeah, yeah. Smallville's they wild. They did have Doomsday. And their Doomsday was bad, but I did like the actor. Smallville's wild because 
They were like, what if we took a superhero property, took all the super part of away from the superhero property, and made it a high school drama? Look, I just love the fact that Smallville was quickly just like, yeah, no, mix kryptonite with anything and expose a person to it and then get a superpower based on it, but it'll turn them evil. I want a Batman series built like Smallville. Better yet, I want like a Green Arrow series built like Smallville. I mean, if Smallville had gotten their way, you would have had one. They didn't get their way, thankfully. Those just sound like... Actually, no. I can tell you exactly what I want. I want a Batman series built like Smallville, but not where Bruce is the one in high school. Where it's the Robins in high school. So you want a live action version of Wayne Family Adventures that you can find on a webtoon. Yes. And read it. Basically. And yeah, basically. That's what I want. We're not sponsored, by the way. Or are we? I just want that. That we're sounds like the best show. Batman trying to help, like... You know, legitimately, like I've told you, read Batman, Wayne Family Adventures. Bruce trying to help Jason with math, math homework sounds like the best. It's a good, like read there's not a lot to it right now uh, and actually, i re- and i refuse to pay web two money to let me read more comics in advance actually bruce wouldn't be doing the helping it would be alfred i don't know why i thought bruce would do it bruce would try only because alfred forced him to try <laughs> like, alfred is probably the least problematic comic book character that's ever been written you know alfred's except actually for the time where great. he's the joker because bat because bruce wayne needs an enemy yeah comics are dumb comics are very dumb my favorite so historically the joker's like never been revealed in the mainline batman series yes um but in the spinoffs they, they reveal who joker is all, all the, the time. fucking dumb my favorites are a when it's alfred because mm-hmm. that's just fucking hilarious okay and b when it's bruce wayne from the from the future who got sent back in time had to kill his own parents so batman would exist so that the world wouldn't end so he could come back in time and kill his parents and eventually go insane and become the joker and, and like be his own worst enemy i also like the one where it is martha yeah the thomas wayne line the thomas wayne batman where martha is the joker because they see bruce get killed in front of them and they both react entirely differently i just i love it like comics are stupid in the best way and the worst ways and the worst ways. And the worst ways. You know what's worse than comic books, though? Life. And by, by worse than comic books, I mean worse than them at their very, very, like, peak worst. Life. This podcast. Two for two. I was specifically thinking, like, comic book fans. Yeah. Like, I like a good number of things that have toxic communities. Yay! Like, various anime. Anime. Kind of just anime in general. Metal music. Mm-hmm. Mm, God comics comics might be one of the worst yeah except for very specific subgroups of anime fans and very specific subgroups of metal fans like the ones that have american eagles tattooed on the back of their head and the eagles are holding iron crosses yeah yeah like those type of metal fans also they're not american eagles but they are eagles yeah eagles those type of those type of metal fans Mm, i love them yeah but you also have some of those metal fans in certain anime subgenre groups i think you're talking about attack on titan I am! And a few other shows. Apparently, that's really popular with um, K-On fans. Is it? From what I've heard. K-On is popular among... That's what I've heard, yeah. I don't get it. I don't know why, but apparently, supposedly, it is. I get Attack on Titan. Even the you writer... Don't, you don't get random girls hanging Even out after school performing in a fascist. band? Like, I get Attack on Titan being a pinnacle for them, but, like, K-On? Yeah, apparently there's a large subsect of that fan group. Is that why I've never been able to finish K-On? I'm just not neo-Nazi enough? Uh, I'm gonna go with no, because I did finish it, and I enjoyed it, and I'm very much not. Oh, Jesus. Specifically was trying to get back to <laughs> Superboy... Uh, Prime? Superman being gay, okay. bisexual, and the fans uh, yeah. blowing up. 
But now you Jonathan got me Kent. A, You're talking Jonathan Kent. Yeah, yeah, yeah boy. Like, not even just comic book fans, but people being upset because mm-hmm. Superman's gay. But, like, you've got me in an entirely different fucking wormhole right now. K-On fans are neo. Yeah, well, apparently that's the thing. I haven't really looked into it, but I've seen it from multiple different places talking about it. Like, I'm not going to take my time to fucking investigate that because I don't want to accidentally fall into that hole. That doesn't sound like a place I ever want to end up. Like, even just, like, a brief drive-thru, I don't want to go through there. My brain right now is hurting. Kaon is, like, the least. Like, this is almost, like, as bad as if you told me that a large portion of the people who loved my roommate as a cat were, like, I don't know, turfs. I forgot my roommate as a cat. But, man, did I like my roommate as a cat? My roommate as a cat is pretty great. Yeah. It's adorable. We reviewed that on this podcast. Did we? Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. I think we just talked about it. I don't think we reviewed it. Oh. Go watch my roommate as a cat fucking adorable anime yeah it's great this is just the whole i didn't know i was gonna fall (laughs) into tonight yeah yeah it's great right what other magical dirty secrets do you have about anime that i just am not aware of uh i don't know you you can't just drop that and not have follow-ups like we all know the attack on titan creator is a fascist i'm trying to remember what show it is there's a show that definitely won't be getting a second season because the Magaka was arrested for, um... Oh, I read this story. I read this headline. Yeah, he was, like, the second one in, like, three months who got arrested for child pornography. Yeah. Which is great. He should be arrested for that. But I don't remember which one it was. I know... I think we both watched it, though. I don't remember what show it was. Hmm. I remember seeing that article and being like, oh, that's sad. That was an okay anime. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, though. So. No idea. Wild. The places you go when you just free associate conversation. Like there, if you were to free associate the word free association with freebasing, that could take you in an entirely different direction. I don't think it could. I, I know very little about freebasing. I have a basic idea of the concept. Well, Thanks. no, see, but then by free associating freebasing, you can associate freebasing with base jumping, and from there you can get to jumping to conclusions, and from there you can get to this, the conclusion of our episode. That's right. We've kind of run out of topics, if you guys haven't realized yet. What a wonderful segue. I don't... That was artful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Just tasteful. Well done. Well played, good sir. Yeah. But yeah, that's it for this in the cockpit, I guess. Because I did that beautifully, and I'm not going to try it again. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Or at our Twitter at copilotsreview. Or you can find us on our website, copilotsreview.simplecast.com, which has a link to our email, our Twitter, our YouTube, and our Discord. Where you can come and also tell me terrible secrets about anime and other fan cultures. Because I need to know more. I don't understand. No one does. K-On? Yeah, it's weird, man. Anyways, though, hopefully we'll see you guys on the next flight.